0: december 12th 2023 this one is called friends with food greetings everybody i'm in the woods for a hike on this chilly december day and i want today to talk about eating disorders and starvation because this is a very hot topic these days. There's so much ill information on the anti-social media platforms about what we're supposed to eat when we're supposed to eat. And I'm not talking about someone just doing like a fast for, you know, religious or spiritual reasons for maybe a day or so. I'm talking about the lifestyles that promote constant restriction. And the problems that we can run into when we basically are starving ourselves for lack of a better word. We have all these fancy terms now like intermittent fasting. It's really just starvation. And will you get results in the beginning when you're doing these types of things? Absolutely. That's why people usually stick with them. But whatever comes up must come down, buy now, pay later, and eventually one hits the wall. So let's talk about it from a biochemical perspective of biochemistry how this will ruin someone's organ health and in the long term cause uh, fat gain and aging the things that we probably do this in the beginning to get results from but it ends up calling uh, actually causing that rather and of course on the other side of the spectrum we have people who were gorging themselves on food we have this whole uh, mukbang culture that we see on things like the anti-social medias like the youtube where people are eating heaps of really, really toxic, uh, high calorie, quote, uh, food. So we have a very distorted, you know, as we always know, Big Z promotes these massive extremes. It happens in body type. It happens with uh, political ideology. It happens with personal philosophy. It even happens with the whole dietary culture, which is part of this eating culture, where people assume that if you... Uh, eat carbohydrates that you've got to be vegan, and if you are low-carb, you've got to be, you know, a meat-eater or or keto. And that's another dialectic, by the way, total dialectic, the meat versus plant, the low-carb versus high-carb. It is just uh, a sea of mind-zoggling ill information out there to confuse people to ruin their organ health uh, and to make them fat and old and of course that would behoove big z because why would why would this entity want us to be healthy and we're thinking about it from more of a esoteric spiritual perspective what we eat really matters to our spirituality and what will happen uh, in the next phase of our our soul's life so we really want to think about not just from the exoteric perspective of, Hey, it looks, it's great to look good naked. Obviously, I think most of us could agree with that, but it's more than just that. We want to eat in a certain way to honor our uh, spirituality and keep our brains sharp. A lot of the eating that they're promoting these days in these uh, cults, and they are certainly cults, will keep our brains into like, um, mush, you know, we're, we're basically going to lower our IQs and become exactly what we don't want to be by eating this way. I even heard something so mind-zoggling the other day, speaking of uh, aging and fat gain and ruining our organ and metabolic health. I just started busting out laughing because I thought it was just the zoggiest, most ridiculous thing I could hear. But I was watching this video over on YouTube, and (laughs) supposedly people in their 20s and their 30s are now getting facelifts, which was typically something historically, or at least in modern historical context, context, even though... Plastic surgery, I think, was invented in the Ayurvedic uh, tradition. Of course, it was probably used for many different things than it's currently used for. I did a show about this a long time ago, back in, like, the 2019 era. Traditionally, at least in the last, let's say, I don't know, 100 or so less years, a uh, facelift procedure was for someone who was 50, 60, you know, of that age, but now, supposedly there are people in their 20s and their 30s who are opting for a facelift. And I don't think it's just like a thread lift or a brow lift or one of these kind of liquid facelifts which uses injectables. I think that people are literally hitting a wall so soon that they're actually thinking that the uh, solution is to get a full facelift, which is just absolutely mind-zoggling even for someone who's older to think that that's the solution i I think is is a bit misguided less so than someone who's uh in those you know 20 or 30 i mean that should be like the prime of your life like health wise or at least you would think you would think it would be then again you could also be older than 30 40 50 60 and be in fantastic health but you would think that the majority of youth would actually have you know youthful metabolism youthful organ health but apparently that is not the case anymore and also something else when i'm thinking about um injectables and stuff especially botox which of course stands for bovine toxin that's where it gets its name so bovine you know cow moo uh, vodka goyam, botox uh, people who get this especially habitual utilizers of this uh, injectable they have no expression on their face anymore which is Talk about being a Zogbot, right? I mean, life is about expression. In a way, Botox is depression because when we lack expression, we have depression. So it's a real Zoggy Zog world where people are starving themselves, hitting a wall, getting terrible organ health and metabolic health, getting fat gain, aging their skin, and then doing these really, really Zoggy things like getting facelifts, facelifts, injecting their face with all these toxins, which by the way, the joke is on the person who does that habitually because long-term habitual use of that actually makes the face look older because it pulls everything down. You end up looking like someone who's 10 years older, but like very well put together, which is kind of not the look that I would really want then again it is nice to to know to look good and to smell good and to present well certainly but you just end up looking like an old man or an old woman who's like very proper and like always is wearing like a full face of makeup which I think is just a kind of a weird weird look (laughs) I wonder what those people look like when they first wake up in the morning and then to make matters worse with all this stuff not only do we have this starvation culture and people doing all these zoggy, supposed anti aging, in of treatments, quote, treatments to their face and their body. We now have a lot of people utilizing this uh, FIDA approved uh, weight loss medication called uh, Ozempic, which makes people lose weight very, very quickly. It basically starves the body, uh, it robs you of. Nutrients so you can imagine what it's doing to your skeleton and your teeth. It's probably absolutely horrific You're probably better off doing speed at least having a good time on something like that cocaine, you know and then people get this thing called ozempic face where they age like a Lot like five plus years or so within like six months of taking this medication And then what do they do? They go to dr. Z to get one of these ridiculous quote procedures to quote look Better while they're still starving themselves. So it's a terrible catabolic uh, when your body eats yourself as opposed to anabolic, anabolic when your body builds itself. This terrible catabolic uh, cycle which can completely and totally be avoided and you could actually look fantastic naked, you could feel good, you could sleep good, you could be hot, horny, hungry, healthy, all the things that we want in this world, and be eating groovy food as opposed to like self-flagellation cuisine, which is like a big thing these days. So let's talk about, from a perspective of biochemistry, how does this uh, eating disorder and starvation culture ruin a human's metabolic and organ health and cause fat gain and aging? And this is especially true for women because we have way more gentle hormones than men. It's just the reality of things based on our menstrual cycles, based on our ability to um, create life, Um, you know, to basically birth babies. We have a very, very different cycle than men. Men will hit a wall doing this too. There's no doubt about it, but the male hormones are a touch more resilient than the female ones. So this actually affects us even more so, us ladies. Plus we have smaller organs. We have smaller adrenals we have smaller livers, we have more estrogen in context because we are women and we need it for um, menstrual cycle and procreation and also to have some of those female secondary sex characteristics. So this hits us a lot harder. So let's talk about this. So what does this cause, this eating disorder starvation culture? It causes nutrient deficiencies, it causes insulin resistance, It causes lipolysis, which is when your body basically burns fat for energy as opposed to sugar which erroneously is often referred to as ketosis. It's most of the time lipolysis. And since literally probably everyone listening to this, myself included, we grew up on a diet of polyunsaturated fats. That's what your body is burning, which creates lipid peroxidation. Not a good thing. Cortisol, it raises that, that is a stress hormone. It causes something called torpor, which is a state of physical or mental inactivity or lethargy. It's a state of decreased physiological activity in an animal, usually marked by reduced temperature and metabolic rate. Torpor enables animals to survive periods of reduced food ability. So it's like when certain species of animals will eat like a bear, for example, eat like tons of nuts that are high in polyunsaturated fats and salmon, which is high in polyunsaturated fats. So they can go into hibernation to lower their temperature and lower their metabolic rate. It's their survival mechanism. So yeah, it's, it's not something that you actually want to mimic for quote health, but a lot of these um, ketosis and um, carnivorous people think that this is actually, Health and then they say if you speed your body up too much you're going to burn through it But no one said you actually have to go into this hyperthyroid like hummingbird state It's just about having this optimal baseline So a lot of stuff is of course taken out of context and not really completely comprehended This state of starvation and eating disorder also causes what's known as hypoxia. This is a state in which oxygen is not available in sufficient amounts at tissue level to maintain the adequate homeostasis necessary, which can result from inadequate oxygen delivery to the tissues, either due to low blood supply or low oxygen content in the blood, which is basically hypoxia hypoxemia. So not a good thing. Doesn't sound very sexy. Not to me, at least. It also causes excess lactate, which you want to avoid too. That's that feeling that you get after you work out when your muscles feel stiff. So high lactate levels can also represent hydrogen concentration, which will lead to metabolic acidosis. This is a serious condition. You want to avoid it at all costs. Metabolic acidosis is typically seen with conditions such as kidney diseases, which are basically chronic renal failure, which when it progresses, a kidney disease will become chronic renal failure and we're talking from a TCM perspective about the organs and life and Jing what we would translate into um, English as essence the kidneys are the door to life we inherit some of our Jing from our parents that's our like uh, primordial Jing that we get just from their lifestyle and their habits and their genetics and then we have the Jing that we can create in our own world it's kind of like the Ayurvedic perspective what they call Prakiti we have our innate constitution and then we have our constitution that we create based on our lifestyle and our habits. So why would we want to mimic a state that basically drains us what the ancients call um, Jing or what the, what the Ayurvedic perspective, other ancient perspectives call prakriti, or even Ojas would have a, a similarity with that. That does not really sound good. And if someone's just looking for uh, weight loss as like their goal for health, They're thinking about things completely in the wrong way. They're going about things in a very zoggy, exoteric way and are not understanding the whole thing. Your goal should be organ health. Weight loss is the benefit. Up next, of course, is hypothyroidism. What happens when you starve yourself? Your thyroid downregulates. Your temperature goes low. Your pulse goes low. Your body feels cold. It's a survival mechanism. Then also we have excess estrogen, which of course is not a female hormone, it's a stress hormone, it's a hormone of growth. Yes, of course, both sexes need a little bit in context. If we were to go completely estrogen-free, that would cause problems. We're not talking about that. Just like if we were to go completely serotonin-free, that would cause problems. We're talking about it in context. When there's too much of it, it's a problem. And for most people, it's not low. And finally, what does all this cause? Starvation. It causes stress. And that's what we want to avoid, because we already live in this world, Wi-Fi, zogfog, Fog, dealing with other people, it's a pretty stressful life just being in this world, right? If you're living in the mountains and doing like the Asian adept thing, like the Chinese Kijong, uh, you know, Taoist adept that lives in the woods and only basically tends to himself, like and maybe meets up for lovemaking whenever that suits his needs. Maybe you wouldn't have all of these stresses going on, but most of us probably listening are living a a semi-typical you know, modern life and we have these things in our life that already are stressors. So when we starve ourselves, especially when it's long-term starvation, it's going to meet with very bad effects. And especially when you do this when you're younger, when your body is growing, this can be very deleterious too, because when we're growing and we're younger, we need a lot of nutrients. We need a lot of calories. The same thing could be true for a parent who um, puts a youngster on a diet that basically restricts one of the uh, major macronutrients, uh, lipids, carbohydrates, or protein. That is not good too. Like there are parents these days who are raising children on zero carb or low carb diets, parents raising children on diets that basically are devoid of meat, that is going to have long-term ramifications because that is a an, an aspect of starvation and eating disorder is cutting out a macronutrient. Any diet that cuts out a macronutrient is a red flag for something that's in the, you know, the basic Venn diagram of starvation culture. So let's talk about this now, the whole cascade of effects that happens when we starve ourselves. We've already talked about nutrition, nutrient deficiency, insulin resistance, and of course it's, it's kind of ironic and very zoggy that a lot of these uh, keto people talk about how carbohydrates cause insulin resistance. No, that is incorrect, and we'll talk about why that happens in just a moment. Lipolysis, we talked about cortisol, torpor, hypoxia, lactate, hypothyroidism, estrogen, and stress. So here is the whole cascade effect. When you excessively restrict calories, your blood sugar is chronically low. That makes sense. Pretty easy to understand. This means cortisol remains elevated since its job is to make sure your blood sugar doesn't drop so that you don't die. Cortisol is known to increase lipolysis and gluconeogenesis. Gluconeogenesis is what all these low-carb people talk about as our preferred state of energy. It's a backup state that thankfully we have in times of famine where our body basically um, catabolizes and makes its own sugar or carbohydrates. So the cortisol will increase lipolysis and gluconeogenesis and chronic hypercortisolemia, which is prolonged excess cortisol coursing through the blood. And this results in increased fat mass. So This is how people get fat. And when this is in an intense, Prolonged way for a very long time. This results in something called Cushing's syndrome and Cushing's syndrome is typically You can see it very visibly people usually have what's called a buffalo hump on the back of their neck It's like a fat pad uh, on the back of their neck and they usually have kind of like a Humpty Dumpty style physique If you could even call it a physique where they have small or lean arms and legs and a very um, ample um, like middle section torso, almost like those Tweedledee and Tweedledum characters from um, Alice in Wonderland. Cortisol is great for short bursts, of course, like we talked about earlier. We need things in context estrogen, serotonin, cortisol, which is what it's meant for. But in chronic under eating, this is sustained and quickly becomes pathological. And remember, whatever is a problem on a functional level eventually becomes structural. So if something is functional, it basically becomes part of your structure. And that's how we should really look to heal or quell stuff. We shouldn't just see something isolated like allopathy does, right? You go to this doctor for this, this doctor for this. It's a whole operation happening systemically. Lipolysis is the breakdown of mostly stored fatty acids for energy which is what most people think erroneously is ketosis, like I said, due to the effects of estrogen and related hormones, women tend toward lipolysis more easily than men do. Excessive lipolysis and gluconeogenesis are associated with insulin resistance, fibrosis, and even cancer. Now we're told all the time through the Zog alt media the zog radical media and the zog mainstream media which of course are all controlled by the same institutions they just make it look like oh this is you know counter to what's coming out yeah right okay we all know already that the counterculture is always controlled by the culture that's why you want to opt out of both and we're told many times that it is carbohydrates that cause cancer no it's actually the fats that cause it This stress state, because when you run on fats, it's a stress state, that's a backup state, gluconeogenesis can create bottlenecks in energy metabolism that lead to less carbon dioxide, which oxidates tissues via the Bohr effect. And the Bohr effect describes red blood cells ability to adapt to changes in the biochemical environment, maximizing hemoglobin oxygen binding capacity in the lungs whilst simultaneously optimizing oxygen delivery to tissues with the greatest demand. So we don't obviously want that. And then of course, more lactate. We talked about lactate. We talked about, think about the muscle burn post-workout effect, that's lactic acid, and um, a product of anaerobic glycolysis. So when you're starving yourself, you're running on stored fat. And since PUFA, polyunsaturated fats, Xio seed oils, industrial Xio sludge oils, whatever you want to call them, since polyunsaturated fats, is preferentially stored in one's tissues and we now consume more than we ever have we're running on stored fat we're running on stored PUFA which is prone to lipid peroxidation this is terrible for our organ health forget technical just think about it logistically throughout millennia what would a body evolve to do in a case of starvation here's a little example right here the body would slow down all processes which require nutrients and energy to conserve resources during this perceived period of famine. So whether it's real or not, your body is perceiving it. The same thing is true of stress or a threat. If your body perceives it, whether it's happening or not, your body still thinks it is. What do you think happens when you return to maintenance after the perceived period of famine? You put on more weight than you would have otherwise because your metabolism has slowed down to keep you alive. This is the common yo-yo dieting. And of course, women are more apt to try this because I think a lot of what we see in society, we're told that we have to be looking a certain way. And remember, this also feeds into the TS culture, to the transsexual culture. How many times have many of us, especially in our younger, possibly more impressionable years, us ladies looked at an advert and said, oh, wow, that person is so lean, that quote woman is so lean. It was a guy. It was a guy on estrogen uh, who, basically had a mastectomy, or not a mastectomy, excuse me, who basically had breast implants and was like wearing lipstick. And we were looking at it thinking, oh man, like why can't we look like this? So they this whole TS culture feeds in, uh, in a very strategic way to the whole eating disorder and starvation culture. And I even think this goes beyond just the adverts with models. I'm um, rather convinced that the majority of quote women in uh, pornographic films are actually men with breast implants and vagioplasty and, and makeup. So it really goes deep. So you eat these foods you've been craving and then you feel guilty and when you see the scale go up too quickly, now you're reinforcing the unhealthy relationship with food. This is the same misunderstanding that keto people have when they avoid carbohydrates for six months and then they binge on some strawberries. (laughs) Imagine thinking strawberries were a binge. It's pretty pretty crazy. And they see their blood sugar spike. They blame the fruit when it's really their body, quote, forgetting how to effectively metabolize sugar, further reinforcing their unhealthy relationship with carbs. So what do we think when someone acquires uh, something like diabetes? We're told That person can't have sugar. That person should go low carb. That person should go on metformin. No, that's not the problem. The problem is the person's body, that the person cannot get the carbohydrates into the proper area of the body, into the cells to basically function properly. So it's a cellular issue. It's an organ issue. And also, of course, with type two diabetes, there's usually a long history of stress. There's a history of hypothyroidism. Uh, there's um, a lot of you know, PUFA and you know, free fatty acids oxidizing in the blood. And here's something interesting too, that people who utilize tobacco, actually tobacco use inhibits uh, free fatty acids in the blood. So tobacco users are actually less likely to be type 2 diabetic. So of course, we always blame the food. We don't think about the person's physiology. And this is basically what happens. This is what happens when you eat the wrong thing for years you starve yourself and then you eat something like strawberries and you consider it to be a quote binge and then you get into trouble and you think oh um you know I can't do this and really what's happened is your body has not been given the time and the energy and the care and the nurture to be able to uh, metabolize something properly so of course we just blame food, as opposed to saying, Oh, the person's, the person's organ health and physiology is in a really down-regulated state right now. So this is not good. Uh, The sooner you can understand this and get away from it, it's not good. Become friends with food because food is delicious. It's a part of life. It's a part of your ancestral heritage. It's a part of your spiritual development. Learn how to cook. It's very sad. A lot of people these days don't know how to cook that was never the case, even like 20, 30, 40 years ago, learn how to cook. It's really, really important. Male or female, man or woman, super important to know how to cook. Uh, if you're going to be feeding yourself, if you're going to be feeding a spouse, a family, even if you're just feeding yourself, it is incredibly important. And there's a lot of power in learning how to cook. And this is a sick, sick death culture this whole starvation and eating disorder thing it's it's against living in abundance it's part of this whole zio scarcity culture and what happens is that women specifically but men too because now men have really been very highly impressionable with all of this culture that's out there it used to not be that way as much it used to be that eating disorders and starvation was typically most of the time a female issue but it's really taken on more of a for both for both sexes an issue for both sexes these days then we have of course like the bodybuilder culture which is a lot of um, weird eating disorder and and drug use that goes on in that culture too which affects men and and women of course this is a sick culture that um, women and men are ruining their health and they're not noticing because when you're young you're still running on the youth associated hormones so for women that would be pregnenolone progesterone and dhea and this will protect you to an extent, but if you keep starving yourself, the wall, we all know about that wall that everyone hits, the wall arrives many years earlier. Brittle nails, thin hair, bad skin, strange body composition, and worst of all, hormonal and fertility issues. Turn it back now. So yeah, definitely maybe it sounds a little scary, Uh, It's good to know how this works from a biochemical perspective just so we can understand it from this scientific perspective Remember this this keto stuff is not based um, Really on science. It's, It's Zog science, which of course is not not real. Nothing is nothing is real that they put out there I think we should all understand and know that by now, but it's important to understand how chronic starvation chronic Nutrient deficiencies can lead to organ damage, can lead to ill metabolic health, fat gain, and aging, which of course I'm sure anyone listening to this show wants to avoid at all costs and wants to live a happy, healthy, horny, juicy, groovy lifestyle. So that's it for today on Food for Friends with Food. I hope this little piece inspires you to eat well, stop depriving yourself, and Enjoy uh, the finer and luscious aspects of life, one of those which is food. I'm off for my walk. Uh, until next time, Satnam.